0: Hi, my name is Lisa, and my life has taken many different turns.
1: This is the You Define podcast with your host, Jackie Staniak, where we navigate our way through your story, from your perspective, while honoring the people, places, and circumstances that have defined you. I'm excited for you to get to know Lisa. As you will learn here shortly in her emotionally charged story, she has been through a lot. But it isn't necessarily the events themselves that have defined her. What has defined her is this perspective she has gained from going through these circumstances. I
0: kind of started my addiction in my 30s. It was in the bar life and working late nights, trying to keep up during the day. I had kids. I did some cocaine here and there, it wasn't all the time, um, but I was a drinker. And I spent most of my evenings working or at the bar, which made me not the greatest mom. But I did everything for my kids. I was divorced. I had three babies And I had one on the way. Um, I wasn't doing any drugs during my pregnancy. But when I had her, I was overwhelmed. I love them more than anything in the world. But there was so much to do. I had four kids, three in school, and one who needed my attention 24-7. We didn't have a lot of money. So I did with what we could. My kids always had food on the table. They never wanted for anything. Um, They grew up being grateful for what they had. When my real addiction started, um, I was having a hard time with my baby weight. I was having a hard time getting everything done, the laundry, the dishes, getting kids done here, getting this done, getting this done. And a friend of mine said, I can help you with that. And that's when I tried meth for the first time.
1: Maybe you're like me, and you were expecting Lisa to say that someone came over and brought her a meal, watched the kids, dusted the baseboards, helped her with drop-off and pick-up. Nope, meth. Meth was how they helped her.
0: With meth, I was—I'd have the house cleaned, laundry done, um, kids dressed, washed, uh, bathed, and in, in bed. And boom, 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 lickety split. I was getting everything that I needed accomplished done, except for I knew it was wrong, but I was hiding it, and I was hiding it well. My kids had no idea that I had an addiction. Um, But I was chasing, and I never paid for it. So it really became an addiction when people are just giving it to you. And then in 2007, um, I was at work, and I had police officers show up.
1: Lisa was arrested. She called her now husband, Bob, and her oldest child from jail to let them know where she was. Eventually, she was bailed out of jail, only to get home and get her two middle children taken away by their biological father. In the moment, rage filled Lisa. But now, in hindsight, she knows it was the best thing for them. But that wasn't enough for Lisa. That wasn't her rock bottom.
0: I still didn't get it. I was still doing it. Uh, My husband um, came up to me with a suitcase "Um, baby it's time you either need to get help or you need to get out and the baby stays here Um, that's what I do I hate rock bottom but I made the right choice and I chose to get help July 19th of 2008 I put down the pipe and I never picked it back up But I still have this man in my life, Bob, who stuck with me through this whole thing. Um, He went to counseling with me. He supported me. He defended me.
1: Lisa thinks the world of Bob. The way she lights up when she talks about him is immeasurable. You can hear the gratitude in her voice when she explains how thankful she is that he has weathered every one of life's storms with her. While they've only been married four years, they've been together 17 and a half years. And this current storm has to be the hardest yet.
0: I said in my head last weekend, baby, I don't think I've ever been this happy. I said, right? And he said, and I don't think I've ever been this sad. And it's hard to hear but fast forwarding from my addiction. Life was great. I was going strong. Um, I'd been clean since 2008. And in 2013, I was having some stomach issues. And I went into the doctor. And they said that I needed to have a colonoscopy, see what was going on. The doctor walked into our room afterwards and put his head down and said, you need to start making plans. You have cancer. And the C word breaks anybody. And so... We were devastated. My husband and I just sat there and cried and cried and cried. Um, and then we got a hold of uh, a Dr. Thompson from uh, UNMC, made an appointment to see him, went in there, asked him, is there anything you can do? Um, I'm not, I don't want to die. And he looked at me dead in the eye and said, I've never lost a patient. You're going to be just fine. It was just like this huge weight fell off my shoulders um, because I hadn't told my children yet at that point. So I was like, oh, I can go tell them and I can tell them that, but I'm going to be okay. So I told them, and they weren't, there wasn't a lot of emotion because I told them, no, this is just a small thing, we'll get through it. I have to have some surgery, I have to have a little radiation, but then it'll be done. And, you know, my oldest would ask a few questions, but I went and had, did radiation, then I went and had my surgery, and they did, um, some tests, uh, three weeks after that, and determined I was in remission, cancer-free. And, when um, we celebrated, <laughs> we celebrated a lot, um, I have a group of friends that are amazing. Um, they've been through everything with me, my bad times, my good times, and this was no different. They were there celebrating with me. Once, once I was cancer free, um, my perspective changed. Um, life was short. I need to spend more time with the people that are most important in my life. And I got in touch with everybody. And I stay in touch with everybody. Um, I visited relatives. My kids and I started taking you know, family vacations. Um, and we just started doing more things together. In 2016, we went to a birthday party and my husband wrote a personal song and asked me to marry him at that time. Now, before I told him I only wanted the diamond, but when you do a proposal like that, we're planning a wedding now. And uh, so it took us two years, (laughs) but we planned the wedding in July of um, 2018, I picked my parents' anniversary. We got married on that day, um, surrounded by friends and family. It was amazing. It was the best day. Uh, best day of my life. It was. I was happy. I was on cloud nine. I was cancer-free. I was clean. Everything was going great. And we were really enjoying life.
1: Even through the video recording on a phone from 2016 in a dive bar, you can hear how special that proposal was. What started as life partners transitioned into just wanting a pretty ring and ended in an eager, I do. March of
0: 2019, I started to develop um, some pains in my back. Well, I had started working out with my daughter. She's a lot younger than me. And I thought maybe i just pulled some muscles, strained some stuff, but it wouldn't go away. And it was very intense. So I thought, okay, this is weird. So in the beginning of May, I finally broke down and said, I'm going to the doctor. And they told me I have flu-like symptoms. Um, I'll give you some antibiotics and sent me home It's like okay and then we went to Colorado that year over the fourth of July and had a blast um it's so beautiful there but we just enjoyed each other's company you know this is we're kind of on one year being married we're kind of this will be our anniversary present to each other and um but I was having such an awful time with my back um, and I'm like, maybe I can barely even move. And we drove to Colorado and back. And by the time we got back, I could barely get out of the car. It hurt so bad. And he goes, that's it. We're going for a second opinion. You have either slipped something or we didn't know what was going on. So I made an appointment with the doctor and went in there. They did some blood work. And then I got in his office and he said, uh, you need to get a hold of your oncologist. I said, "Excuse me." I said, "You need to get a hold of your oncologist." We know what that means. He said, "Okay," and he said, "Immediately." And we just kind of looked at each other. And I said, "No, nah, we did it before. Probably no big deal." Got a hold of my old oncologist, and uh, they were set up for scans. MRIs things like that figure out what was going on and they called us and said we need you to come in and I said okay I said well I'm at work can I come over my lunch hour and I, yeah but you might want to tell him you probably won't be back and can your husband get here So we go in and they tell me that I have stage four pancreatic cancer with pertussis. And I have less than nine months to leave. And because of the colon cancer, I was like, no, I don't believe you. No uh uh-uh. and then she showed me everything. And my tumor was huge, and I had some tumors in my liver. And then she showed me my cancer markers, and they were sky high. We were not sure what we were going to do. If I was going to go through it, if I only have nine months to live, do I really want to spend it in treatment? And I was mad. I was sad. I was angry. I had to tell my kids that I'm dying. I had to tell my parents that I'm dying. Um, I have to tell my friends what's going on. I didn't care about me. I cared about everybody around me. Because they fought hard through my addiction. They fought hard through my cancer. And now you're telling me that I've got one that they can't fight for because... It basically done. Um, and we sat on it for about a week. And I called my doctor. And I said, no. I said, cancer's not going to get me. I'm fighting this. He said, so what are my options? Is there surgery? What? She goes, no, you can't have surgery. You don't qualify. So they said, chemo and radiation so i started with chemo they told me i'd be on chemo for about a year and then i could do radiation if all of this worked um my first six months seven months was awful i was sick all the time basically was in bed or in the hospital um my work was amazing they held my job um they made sure that my insurance was paid for. Um, they were just like flowers from my friends, from my work, from my family. My kids were there all the time. In 2020, in February, I decided to take a break from chemo. Because I was so sick and I just wanted to have a little quality of life. I had grandkids, I have kids, and this cancer had made life it's going to sound crazy but it made life so much better it made me so grateful and appreciative of everything that I have and not worry about the little things like yeah I don't have the fanciest car but it was weird because taking that break, I wasn't feeling sad anymore. I was feeling wow, I get a summer to have fun and have a good time with my friends and family and do things and we had family trip planned. We had um, we call it Sunday Funday, but it's just at the lake um, with my girlfriends. Every Sunday we were there and it was just amazing. Cancer it's kind of strange how sad cancer is when you're told that you're terminal um but it hasn't made me sad it's made me very happy but I quit chemo treatments um First of all, it wasn't working anymore. Um, second of all, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live sick all the time, missing this birthday party or that baseball game. My saying to, it, to everyone is, I love you more. Not I love you more than they love me. I love you more than anything can ever go on in this world. <laughs> I love you more than death. I love you more than sadness. I love you more than any fight we'd ever get in. I love you more than any joy you could ever have. It's always been my thing that I've said. I believe cancer has brought out a better person than me. Uh, I see the happiness of light in everybody, even the saddest people. I want people to live with me, not to die with me. And that's what I feel is happening. I want people not to wait until it's hard to be happy. I'm very at peace with my life. I'm very happy. Uh, I know that my uh, family, they're living my life with me, which is wonderful, but yes, they're sad. I'm a big believer in God. I talk to God every day. I don't sleep very well, so every night, like clockwork at 2.45 in the morning, I get up, and Him and I talk. And I've made a lot of peace with everything with that. Um, I know I couldn't have gone as far as God without God. I know he carried me through my addiction. I know he carried me through my first cancer, and I know that he's right there with me right now. I believe that I'm going to heaven, and then I'll get to see my dad. Oh, and then I get to meet my baker. And I'm actually okay with that. Bob and I are best friends and we do everything together and that's what I worry about what's he going to do when I'm not there who's going to do the laundry who's going to do this who's going to make sure that he gets to work on time and that his clothes are clean and who's going to make sure that he gets new shoes and doesn't wear the same ones for f- seven years um, who's going to make sure that he gets his hair cut and do this and And it's things like that that prevent me from sleeping some nights.
1: It isn't that Bob can't do these things for himself. I am confident that he is fully capable. It's that after 17 and a half years together, these are the things Lisa has done to serve him. These are the ways she's loved and cared for him. It isn't that Bob can't do these things for himself. It's just painful to think he will have to when Lisa is no longer around to do them with him.
0: I'm so unbelievably grateful for every day I get. And I always make the most of it, no matter what. And I'm going to enjoy every second of it, something I did before. Then I will not take it for granted. Um, my kids are going to be okay because I know my friends will take care of all of them and I won't have to worry about it I'll be able to look down and go and they got that they got that I'm not worried anymore
1: Since this episode was recorded Lisa's scans show her liver cancer has doubled in size And her cancer markers are higher than when she was originally diagnosed. Three years ago, she was given nine months to live. And with every day that she woke up with breath in her lungs, she's thanked the Lord and asked people to live with her, not die with her. Her doctor has now given her six months to live. And her request is the same. Live with her. Lord, let your presence fill Lisa with faith and hope knowing that your power is greater than any cancer and you are with her as she continues to fight the fight to free her body of this disease. Lord, would you seize her pain, increase her strength, release her fears, and may joy surround her. In Jesus' name, amen. want to interact with this story more, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at You Define Podcast. Thank you for finding yourself here, for staying a while. But I have to ask, what defines you?